Am I, am I work? Oh, praise God. Good morning, everyone. Wasn't that awesome? Any chance I can put some lights up there so I can see who I'm speaking to? That would help. We can do that. Put some house lights on. Can we do that? I need to see who I'm speaking to. It's great to see you. I, I, just, feel like a, um, I just feel like I'm in a thankful mood today. I want to just thank a few people for all they're doing. Um, can we have it a little bit brighter? Any chance we can put a few more house lights on up there? Can we do that? I know I'm trying to be a bit, I'm be, be a bit awkward. Can we put that better? I can see you now. Great. Um, I just want to say, anybody that has been um, a part of our church in the last 12 months that says that, you know, want to make Elam Northampton their home, just lift your hand. Anybody here that's been in the last 12 months, if you're online, We'll see you by faith. But anybody in the last 12 months, thank you. Let's just welcome all these guys to our church. Great to see you. The last 12 months, I mean, Lee, Pastor Lee just told me that we've got a snapshot. And over the two snapshots, one online and in person, we have over 40 people coming to look at membership in our church. New people. Isn't that amazing? Come on, let's thank God for his goodness. So if you've been in our church, and I'm speaking to you online, I can't see you, but I know you're going to put your hand up. If you've been in our church, um, say five years, how many of you have been in the church five years? Five years. Come on, let's thank God for these people sticking with us for five years. How many of you have been in the church for 10 years? Anybody? Okay. Anybody over 10 years? Okay. If you, come on. Anybody been in church over 20 years? 20, come on. 20 years. Anybody been in church over 30 years? Come on, keep applauding. Anybody over 40 years? Come on, keep applauding. Anybody in church over 50 years? Come on, keep applauding. You know, George... Uh, I know there's a few online that's been here over 30 years watching and we just want to applaud you. But George over there has been in our church over 50 years. Come on. Come on, let's stand and let's just thank God for him. And all those online that you know you've been in this church over 50 years. Come on. I know. God bless you, George. Thank you for your commitment and your example. And for those online that's been so committed to our church, I know that in our church, please be seated, I know in our church there is a couple who are 100 and 101 and they still tithe every month to our church. They can't get out the door, but they're still committed to our church in their generosity. Do you know, isn't that amazing? And it's just so encouraging. I want to thank a few more people. I want to thank our team. I want to thank Lee and Jackie for making our life so easy. Come on, let's thank God for them. They've done amazing. I tell you, they're just such a blessing to us. And Des, who has just come and be a part of our team. Thanks, Des and Nikki, for all that you're doing. And also the teams that we can't thank you enough. I want to thank Graham, Graham Phillips and Debbie and Mick and Diana, Deacon and Elder in our church. You're amazing. Thank you for your commitment to us. And obviously Lolly's a part of that. And we're looking to extend our leadership team. We're so grateful 
for the people that God has brought to Elam Church to Bamden. And also Donna. Where's Donna, our recent person that's come to help us in our worship? Donna Akuda, we thank you so much for helping us. She's staying with us another six months now. She's extended her citizenship in Northampton. Hallelujah. So, so that's great. Um, I just want you to leave today to be an encouragement to people. If you can leave today looking to encourage somebody to, to impart some strength, because I tell you, this world's got a lot of discouragement. Everywhere you look on the news, everywhere you go, there is panic. And I tell you, the church needs to be more encouraging now than ever, not only to one another, but to a lost world that needs help. And I tell you, encouragement and just a, a pat on the back will go a long way. Some of you mums and dads, you think you're struggling through life and you need to know that you need to be encouraged. You know, whatever you're struggling right now in your life, if you're single, whatever it is that's going on in your life, you just need to know a word from God today that is with you, is for you, and he's cheering you on from heaven and you're going to make it. You know, in our world right now, we need a dose of heaven of encouragement into our lives. Some of you have walked in church today and you know your life is not living how God wants you to live. And in spite of all that, God still wants to encourage you. Encourage you so much that his love falls on you that you want to honor him with your life. It's not about legalism, but it's about a love relationship with Jesus. No matter how you've come in today, no matter you are online today, I want you to know that God has a purpose for your life and, he, and his purpose never changes for you. Whether you want to fall in line with that or not, his purpose still stands for your life. So I want to do something a little bit different today. Our theme is serve and, and loving one another. And I want to just take a little bit of a, an adventure with you and look at Genesis chapter 1. I was doing a devotion last year and this particular devotion, I began to write some notes. I thought one day I'm going to preach this. Uh, so today is that day that you're going to get this message. So Genesis 1 says, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars, a throwaway comment. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. It's an interesting passage to preach from today to try and talk to you about God's purpose for your life. Ephesians tells us that for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he's prepared in advance for us to walk into. Romans 12 says that we have different gifts according to the grace given to us by Jesus. And 1 Corinthians tells that in fact God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. In Genesis we read the description of creation, God calling things into being to be functioning for the purpose of the earth, ready for us to turn up on this planet. The sky, the water, the dry ground, the seas, the seeds, the plants, according to various kinds, and lights in the sky separating night from day. Genesis 1.16 
says, God made two great lights to govern the day and the night. And he also made the stars. One, two, three, four words. And he also made the stars. There is 200 billion known stars in our universe. And I want to talk to you about the sun and the moon today. I want to talk to you about the sun in particular and the moon. The sun is quite bigger than the earth. In fact, 1.3 million earths are needed to cover the volume of the sun. And I want to let you know that half of the known stars are bigger than the sun. In fact, the biggest star known to us is 1,700 times bigger than the sun. And the Bible says, and he also made the stars. If you ever feel the world has fallen apart, if you feel your life's not going to make it, I want you to know that God holds the universe in the palm of his hands, and that includes you, his treasured possession. And I want to tell you, whatever you're going through now, right now, this God has your life covered. Paul says, who shall separate us from his love? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine or nakedness, danger or sword, for you, for our sake, we face death all day long and we are considered to be like sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who give his life for us. Neither angel nor demon, the present or the future or any powers, neither height nor death or anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. If that's all you came to church for, to hear today that God is big enough to help you through whatever you're going through, then that's enough for me. I want to encourage you, the God that we serve, even though there is chaos in our world right now, is nothing's impossible for him. And you know, the biggest revelation and like um, mystery for me is that God has placed you in the body to be a special part to play in his plan. Blows my mind every time I think about it. He's deposited his gifts and his abilities in you. And also, we've all got different personalities. We've all got dislikes and likes and we have different opinions and attitudes. And isn't it a miracle that somehow we'll all find ourselves together because of Jesus with all these differences and all these different abilities and gifts. And yet, we still try and make Jesus known. It's absolutely a miracle, isn't it? If you were to sit down with the person next to you and ask them about their background and about their life, you're going, how in the world do we ever get together in one place? And it's all because of Jesus and his love and his passion and his wisdom. Because I want to tell you right now, if I were picking somebody to lead his church, it definitely wouldn't be me. And if God were looking for someone to be a part of his, uh, his answer to our world, it definitely wouldn't be you. And that's what we would tell ourselves. But in God's wisdom, he knew he was, who he was choosing. He knew when he placed that gift inside of you that it was going to make a difference to impact the world if we would just give ourselves available to God. Please do not waste your life on earth giving yourself to anything apart from his purpose. Because everything else is meaningless. Now I'm saying go enjoy yourself, do your hobbies, do your work, but make sure Jesus is number one in your life. 
that every, all your effort, all your tears, all your sweat is making sure that it's pointing toward helping the Lord fulfill his purpose in your world. He has placed a gift in your life to serve him. And now you can do that for your business, you can do that for your home, but make sure that he is number one in your life. I want to take you on a journey. I'm just uh, uh, putting a proposal out there of a conversation between the moon and the sun because in church life, it can get very competitive. It can, there can be all sorts of gripes and divisions. And, you know, the New Testament is full of church arguing with each other and, you know, trying to show who's got the best gift. But, you know, something when the church flows together in unity and encouragement, it's where the presence of God can do amazing things in the church's life. I want to take you on a journey with the sun and the moon to help us understand the differences, but the purposes that God has for our life. Now, if the sun or the moon could read the Bible, so I want you to imagine with me, if they would get the scriptures out because they're in the Bible, and they had whatever version it is that they would read, I'm not sure, but they would probably, the moon may have felt a little bit inferior to the sun. Because if you read the scripture, it says, and there were two great lights, but yet there was a lesser light. Now, knowing the size of the sun, which the moon is much smaller than the sun, he could have felt a little bit intimidated being alongside him, serving the purposes of God. Would you agree with me? Come on, get a little bit imaginative here. And so I'm sure that the sun also could have got a bit edgy. Being so big, being, being so bright, he, he could have thought himself a little bit too high of himself and where the moon would have been a bit more low self-esteem. Would you agree with me on that? If you're next to the sun and everybody wants to worship you, wouldn't you think that you think, well, my gift's no good because uh, everybody's looking to the sun. And so I, I want to challenge the sun's thinking. If they were doing a Bible study together and the sun would begin to think about the gifts that God's given him to help the earth function, to be light to our earth and to bring, to bring life to us, I wonder if he would have got a little bit proud. Reason why is because he has the potential to be worshipped. In fact, he's got a lot more admirers than the moon. He's got more Twitter likes. He's got more Facebook followers than the moon. And do you know what? He knew he was hot property. A bit cheesy that, wasn't it? He had the ability to help people feel good about themselves, the sun, and also so much so that they would go and get on a plane to go and find him. Wow, isn't that amazing? What a, what a follower the sun would have. And do you know something? Most of the sun's ministry was in the spotlight. So I wonder if that could have gone to his head. So then the moon would have said, let's get the Bible out. See what the Bible says, son, to help us function together so we can flow together. And so Romans 12 would have said, for by the grace given me, remember, son, it's the grace of God that you're here. You never decided to come. God created you for a purpose. And so I want you to help you to know by the grace given you that you do what you do by God's sustaining power. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you. And the sun would have gone, wow, you know, maybe I was getting a bit too edgy. I'm really sorry, moon. And so the disciples, see, nothing's new under the sun. The disciples was, you know, walking one day. They weren't talking about, thinking about Jesus going to the cross. They were talking about who was the greatest. Can you believe that? Nothing's different in church. Who is the greatest? Who's going to sit on his right and his left? And then Jesus says, what are you arguing about? But they kept quiet 
because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Jesus called the 12 and said, any one of you wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. See, no matter how much we're gifted, no matter how much people follow us, we never need to forget that it's the grace of God that is given to us for his purpose and not for our glory. And if you ever get too big-headed, it's very unlikely that you'll last the journey in fulfilling your purpose. So we must remember that we are servants. If you read the verses, that they were to serve the earth. Servanthood keeps the humility in your heart, even when God's anointing's on your life and you get more people touched by the presence of God, more influence in our world, you have to keep a spirit of humility. But then the sun would think about the moon and think, how am I going to encourage the moon? Because with my presence around, it's going to make him a little bit in, inferior and how am I going to get him out of his shadow to fulfill the purpose of God in his life? See, the moon would say, well, I seem to be ignored when I preach. Nobody turns up for me because they're all asleep. And you know what? I haven't got a big audience. I haven't got a big ministry growth. I just do lots of things in the dark when nobody is awake. I feel a little bit intimidated around you. So what they said is, look, I think we should be accountability partners. I think we should look at each other, have a conversation, and let's pull the strengths out of each other. And let's encourage one another because we're both created by God to do a purpose on earth together. And I think, guess what? We're actually both great lights because God has said it in his word, not what Twitter tells me or Facebook tells me or anybody else tells me, but God tells me that we are great Lights, And as we've said this morning, already that we are chosen, that we are called, that we are redeemed, that we are forgiven, that we are sanctified, that we are raised up, that we are an inheritance of God's possession in our lives. And so whatever you've come in church today and whatever people have told you, you need to get back to what God tells you, that you are his treasured possession with a purpose on your life marked out for you. So they, they come to look at each other's life and they begin to look at the scriptures and they begin to talk about each other's passion. And others. let's consider how we may spur one another on, moon and sun. Let's not give up meeting together because of our ministry functions, but let's encourage one another as we see the day approaching. I want to tell you that Jesus is coming back and we need to have a, an encouragement level through the ceiling as we advance forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's look at the conversation of what I think they would have said to one another. So the sun would say, do you know what, Moon? I've realised that I'm an extrovert. And the moon would say, do you know something, son? I think I'm an introvert. Because you love the limelight and I don't. And so they would have the conversation. They said, do you know what, Moon? I've realised that I love early morning prayer meetings because I can get up early. And the moon would say, do you know, I hate early morning prayer meetings. In fact, I love all night prayer meetings. And while you're sleeping, son, I'm praying all night. But while you're sleeping, moon, I'm praying all morning. And see, the problem in church life is that we try and copy anybody else's walk with God. And those of us that can't get up in the morning try and pray and fall asleep. And those that you only do an all-night prayer meeting like me, you'll fall asleep in half an hour. Just hasn't got that personality or gift. I'd rather get up in the morning and pray. And we try and copy people to be spiritual. We end up failing and feeling guilty that we can't fulfill the purpose of God in our life because we are different. 
And you need to know your personality and your gift and your strength. And whenever it is that you pray, just pray. I couldn't care if it's the morning or night or whenever it is. As long as you get time with God, that's what's important to you. And you have to understand our differences. And we, got, we can't put burdens on other people to do what God's graced us to do. There are some things in my life that I will find very easy. And if I asked you to do it, you would find it very impossible. Why? Because God's graced me with a gift that only he can enable me to do it. And it's for me, shaped for me and who I am and how I think and how I act. And that's the best way that any gift can function. If I try and be like somebody else, the anointing will perish. And so God best uses you as you. And if only you would be you, you would see God manifest his presence in a greater way in your life. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have to improve and get discipled and change some of our sanctification and be more Christ-like. I'm not talking about that. But you can't keep being like wanting to be like somebody else when God's created you unique. There is no one like you, never will be. Hallelujah. And you need to know that you're special to God and he designed you as you need to be in your life. And so as they begin to talk to one another, they would say, do you know something? Moon, I've realised that sometimes I'm unapproachable. In fact, if people get too near me, they get burned. And the moon would say, do you know what? I'm really friendly. In fact, so much so people end up walking on me. <laughs> so they begin to encourage one another. So the sun would say, moon, do you know something? If it wasn't for you, there would be darker nights. In fact, we would go so fast in a year that would be a thousand days extra as there's no gravitation pull to slow us down. And do you know something, Moon? Because of you, we are angled on a 23-degree tilt and therefore we will not be thrown off our axis so therefore you give us balance to our world. Our high tides will be affected, Moon, and there will be no, nothing to block the sun and give me a rest. And do you know something, Moon? Every time you show up, you have the same face. In other words, you're not two-faced, but you come every, every night with the same smile upon the earth. Moon, you don't realise what a contribution you are to our world. And no matter how I bright I am, I want to tell you, without you, we wouldn't exist. And so the moon would be so encouraged. He goes, you know what, son, I'm looking at you a different way now. Because I was intimidated by your gift, now I can see that you love me, you care for me, and you pulled out of me the greatness that God's put in my life. I'm going to tell you something about you. Do you know, son, without you, we wouldn't survive. You heat up the earth and you give life to the plants and give oxygen. And it would be so cold that in one year that we'd have to, to, to survive, we'd have to dig underground to get us to the earth's core before we could even breathe. And said the oceans would freeze over. Also, son, the earth would go in a straight line, not central, because you keep us on also in orbited in a central place because of the gravitation pull. You see, folks, we're different. But God's placed on each one of us a gift and our personality. And our job as a church is not to pull down and not help Satan be accuser of the brethren to pull out the goodness and the differences, so together we can make a difference for Jesus. We're not going to be intimidated by somebody's strength, but we're going to be celebrating what God's placed in us. And if you would do that, it would be amazing what God can do for our lives as a church. And so they would remember and say, come on, let's get the Bible out, son of moon. Let's, let's remember why we are here. Let's look at the purpose of our lives. And they would say, do you know something? Number one, we have been here because we're created by God. 
We're not an accident. God thought about putting us in where we are right now in the perfect place so we could allow the earth to function exactly how it needs to be. And you know something? We're so great. We're not an accident. You need to know that in your life today, wherever you are, you are not an accident. In fact, Psalm 139, 139 says, For you are created in the most inner being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that fully well. And some of you need to know that fully well. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were never an accident in God's mind. I don't care what your parents may have said or your teacher may have said or your boss may have said. You are never an accident. You are made on purpose for a purpose. And God loves you so much. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I am awake, I am still with you. Do you know that God loves you so much, more than you can ever, ever imagine? They would remind each other that, you know, something that only are we created, but we are created with authority and assignment. That we are to give, we are to govern the day and the night. And, and Genesis, when God created us, he said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. Do you know, God made you to be the head and not the tail. He made you to rule and to take dominion over things in our lives. And Jesus said to the disciples, he said, all, in, in all, uh, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you know the church has a mandate and authority to go and make disciples? No matter what society is saying, no matter what the world is saying, we have an authority from God to go in all the world and to expand God's kingdom for his glory. So they say, come on, let's keep reminding ourselves from God's word. You know, you know, sun and moon, he says that we are great lights to the world. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put lamps under the bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give lights to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Do you know that's your purpose? That your life is meant to reflect the glory of Jesus. God's put you with the Holy Spirit in you, not just to help you through life, but to give life to others. That we have been called by God, set in place to be a light to this dark world. And verse 18, to separate light from darkness. Do you know as the church, we need to get better at helping one another kick the darkness out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> the areas that will contaminate us and drown the life of God in our lives. In fact, Philippians 4 says, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Listen, then you'll shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Ephesians 5 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the, fruit, the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. 
Do you know, people of God, we are to live as children of light. We're not to live in the life that we used to live. We are to expose the darkness. We are to expose a sinful nature and to live a Christ-like attitude to a world that needs Jesus. We need to be different. And then finally, as we come to a close, two more things that we remind each other that God cares for them. How do I know that from Scripture? Isaiah 40 says this, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all this? Who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them forth each by name? And because of his great mighty power and strength, not one of them is missing. Over 200 billion known stars in our universe. And God knows them each by name. How much then will your heavenly Father take care of you? You have a little face. God cares for you. And the last one, which will help us keep going. They said, you know what? With all my gifting, with all my followers, with all the attention I get at Sunday, you know, the moon goes, yeah, you know what, now I know that I'm a great light too and, you know, I, I'm also equal to you because I also give life to the earth and without me, you know, you, you wouldn't be here either. And they go, do you know what, with all our gifts and all our strengths and all our, all our stuff that we're doing for the Lord right now, do you, know, do you know what our motive is? Do you know what our goal is? That we give glory to him. That we give glory to God. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me they would dig into the scriptures and they go, what's our main purpose? Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. See folks, our purpose is not only to reach people with the love of Jesus, but our goal is to give glory to Jesus. To glorify him with our lives. Jesus said this, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. At the end of the day, when God moves in our lives, when God blesses us, when we see people come to Christ, when we see things happen supernaturally, when God begins to elevate us and put us into arenas that we never thought we would go, I want to tell you, at the end of the day, when we go home, we get on our knees and we say, Lord, we thank you so much for using us. We thank you for changing people's lives. But right now, we give the glory to you. We're not going to take credit. We thank people for encouraging us. We thank people for acknowledging us. And we will receive that and we say, thank you for the encouragement. But at the end of the day, Lord, we presented you because we're here to glorify your name. And if it means that you want to glorify me even more, if you want to allow me to influence more people, the only reason is, is because your name at the end of it will be glorified. And if a church can do that, then we will see the power and the presence of God. Why don't you stand with me? One Corinthians says, and now you are the body of Christ and each of you are a part of it. As I was flicking through Facebook, just looking at some of the comments today, one of the pastors that I know in Elam put this on his tweet and I 
I liked it, copied and pasted it because I want to just speak this over your life as we close. On his tweet, he says, today, remember this. Number one, you play a bigger part in the story of God than you realise. Number two, there is more inside of you than you think. And number three, you don't have to go it alone. God has put others around you for a reason. As you leave today, I pray that your heart will be enlightened with the goodness of God and the faith that God has purposed for your life, using you just as you are, with your gifts and abilities and personality. And as you leave this week, my request for you and online, would you make sure this week you'll be intentional about encouraging somebody? Would you go into your workplace and give a a word of hope to those that you know that need a word of encouragement? Why don't you go home to your spouses in your home and somehow bring some life by just saying one kind thing to them about what they bring to the table in their life? And you watch what God will do in your world. Father, we're so grateful for who you are. Lord, we are overwhelmed that you would put your hand upon us and call us out of darkness into this light and put gifts and abilities in us that we can serve you to make a difference in our world. It is astounding. Father, every one of us have uniqueness. Every one of us has been deposited with greatness in our lives. And I ask you, Father, not one person in this room, not one person online would miss the purpose of God of their life when they would step into all that you're calling them into right now. Let fear, Father God, let their eyes be on you and not on themselves. And I ask you, Father, right now that you just bring revival to the hearts of your people. If you've been discouraged, if you've been knocked off course, I ask you, Father God, to realign purpose over their lives. Father, Holy Spirit of God, I pray you'd move right through our church right now and online and you'd call people back to purpose in their hearts and life. And if you don't know Jesus today, I want to tell you the greatest purpose is knowing Him in your life, to be forgiven of all your sins and come into a relationship with Him. And if you don't know Him today, I want to give you an opportunity to know the greatest person of all time. His name is Jesus. He came to this earth as a servant And he laid his life down on a cross to pay the price for your sins and mine so you could come into a relationship with him and live a brand new life and a brand new start with a brand new purpose. And on top of that, an assurance and a guarantee of eternal life. If that's you in this place today or online, you can ask God from your heart. It's not a magic formula of a prayer, but I'm going to pray just to help you if you want to do that. Say, I don't know much about this, God. I'm not so sure about it if you've come in for the first time. But I know that something is happening on the side of me and I, I need to respond to the voice right now that's speaking to me. And that's maybe the voice of God tugging at your heart. If you are a Christian and you're backslidden, God is calling you back on track to give your whole life back to Him and follow His purpose for your life. If that's you, I want you to join in with this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I'm sorry for living life without you. I now make a decision to invite you back into my life, to be leader, to be Lord of my direction. Father, forgive me of all my sins. 
and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live a life that honours you. From this moment, I put my hand and my heart into your life by faith. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, for anyone in this place or online that's made a response in their heart to you. Father, would you fill them right now? Would you change their life from darkness to life? In Jesus' name we pray.